Welcome to the next episode of The Shredder Show. Today is absolute pleasure to have a great friend and absolute legend that is Brian Keane on the show. So anyone who doesn't know Brian who should know already, he's already been on the podcast, I think, twice. He is has a huge podcast himself over in Ireland and globally worldwide with some incredible guests. He's an author of an amazing book, uh, Rewire Your Mindset, also public speaker, and is also in incredible shape. And also has a very entertaining TikTok now that, that's come out the last few months, which I'm impressed with, Brian. So uh, thank you very much for jumping onto the podcast. Mate, Mike, I cannot wait to have a chat. I was like, we're making these really frequent now between all our catch-ups on the podcast and offline. I'm absolutely loving it, Charlie. My life is better for having you in it, mate. So uh, looking forward to chatting. Yeah, mate, 100% likewise, likewise. And like the big subjects I wanted to talk to today, bear in mind, we're coming towards the end of the year and there's a lot of like adversity going on in the world. And a lot of people are scared with uncertainty and fear mindset. And like you're the perfect person to talk through in terms of advice with this is how to overcome and succeed and thrive during like challenging times, like, like a global pandemic. People are worried about the economy and we've only got like two and a half months left of 2020. So what we're going to discuss today is how you can practically make this year successful for you so you actually achieve goals and it's not just a year which is just flown by with like no achievement and you spent the whole the last few months just sitting at home like watching netflix like we're going to talk you through how you can still get results with your training with like your family life business all these bits and pieces so we're going to try and take you through step by step like brian with like with, with what you do, do you, have you seen a lot more i don't know if it's different in ireland at the moment but there's a lot of um concern generally and almost people sitting on their hands and almost like wanting to live their lives at the moment yeah it's the it's the same here um i think ireland and the uk are very similar in terms of the restrictions the lockdowns the levels etc um yeah very much and what i'm telling people across my channels i know you're doing the same on yours charlie is i'm making people aware that don't make this an excuse um and true it's not an ideal scenario to hit certain goals or certain targets but it's also not an excuse not to do anything either. And I think getting wrapped up in that mindset that, okay, I'm going to put life on hold and I'm just going to wait. I've had a lot of people, I've had recent conversations with people, Charlie, I'm not sure if you're the same where you are, where people are like, oh, I just can't wait for this year to be over. You know, I can't wait for January. I'm like, but there's still two and a half months left. I'm like, there's still loads of time to do some awesome things. And that mindset's very easy to fall into because when you're feeling fearful or if you're feeling uncertain, it's very easy to just put everything to the back burner. And, I, and the temptation is there. Like I'm not standing here head and shoulders above anybody else. I, I totally get that temptation to be like, oh, you know, I can't do any of my races or, you know, any of the events I was supposed to do. I'm like, they're all been cancelled. And it's very, very easy to kind of fall into that victim mentality of, you know, the world is ending. I'm not going to do anything worthwhile now. But what I would tell people to shift into is like that mindset of focus with on what's in your control now I'm like there's certain things in your day that you're doing that's in your control that you could potentially really optimize now you know we talked about this on your podcast at the start of lockdown I'm like that was potentially one of the best times ever to get in shape I had people I was working with and Charlie I know you were the same with some of the ridiculous transformations you've worked with on people who got into the best shape of their life in March April May because they didn't have the other time commitments of traveling to work and commuting and they were able to put a huge focus on their nutrition and they were able to put a huge focus on their training and and i think it's really important i know i know we cut off there charlie hopefully i'm still there with you um, yeah they hopefully those people got amazing results out of that and that's just a mindset shift it's not the conditions it's not the environment that's going to determine whether you hit your end goal or not it's what you decide to take control of and what you decide to do with your days um i'm not sure what your kind of thoughts on on, on that are but you know i know from the, con the content you put out it's very similar in terms of focus on the things you can control and you know don't let these things become an excuse 100 percent. i think what you brought up there was very very interesting in terms of like wishing the way the year away and it's like reality like you should never be wishing the day to finish the week to finish because you never know when you can you could get another day again like and reality of like hiding under your duvet and watching netflix the next two and a half months and waiting for 2021 like this situation in reality is probably still gonna we will still be here at the start of next year as well so like you really just need to face it really head on and like stand up to it and just make the best of the scenario and um like one of the big things that I've spoken a lot about recently in my own podcast is um, in terms of like rationalization, like one of the big mistakes I see people make like with everything. And I, I'm guilty of it. And you'll be the same is that um, we rationalize things to ourselves. So to put it into like, for example, a fitness con uh, context, be like, 
coming up to the weekend, you go, Carl, I've, I've been really good at my diet. I've, I've trained really, really hard this week. I'm just going to do what I want this weekend. So you're, you're rationalizing that to yourself. And that's where a lot of people fail when it comes to their own fitness progress. And the same thing happens in terms of like people with their own businesses. Like if, if anyone was looking for an excuse to maybe like call it a day with their business, like now is a very easy time for people to pull the plug on stuff because they can rationalize and be like, oh, well, COVID's here. Everything's pretty shit. Let's just let's just like call it a day and we'll go and do something else. And I think that's one of the biggest downfalls people have is just they, they rationalize themselves and like create their own excuse for themselves. This is like, oh, uh, the gyms are probably going to close. So I'm not going to bother start training a training program. I'll just like sit home and watch Netflix and eat some ice cream. And like the reality is you're just creating more excuses for yourself and setting a lower standard for yourself. And the reality, like the goal I have for everyone this year, and I've said a few times, is like the next two and a half months, I don't know how many weeks it is left, 10 weeks left, like set a higher standard for yourself. Just try and focus on trying to be better than you were yesterday. And as we said already, like we had really challenging times when this all first kicked off. And like initially we thought it was only going to be like two weeks and we're still here. Um, but like people made world-class results in terms of getting in shape. Loads of people started new businesses, like there's a lot of exciting opportunities out there in the world, but you just have to have that glass half full mindset and not half empty mindset, which I know is something very much you have, Brian. Yeah, the analogy that I tell people on my podcast and I've mentioned in books is I'm like, it's you think of the weather. I'm like, you can bitch and moan and complain like you're in the UK. I'm in Ireland, so it rains a lot and we could bitch and complain and moan about the weather or if it's raining outside, we can get a rain jacket and we can get an umbrella. I'm like, you have two choices. I'm like, you don't jump under the duvet and go, fuck it, I'm not doing life today, it's raining. It's like, you get an umbrella and you go do your day. I'm like, that's what a pandemic is like. It's just that in a grander scale. It's assuming everyone is healthy and well, you know, I'm not talking about the extremity cases. I'm talking kind of general people who hopefully haven't been massively affected by it in a, in a negative way in terms of death of a loved one, et cetera. But for the everyday person who's kind of going through this uncertainty, it's not about hoping and wishing the pandemic away i'm like you have no control of that like there might be a vaccine tomorrow there might be never one there might be herd immunity in the next couple of months that might never happen like you can't control any of those things what you can control is what you're doing day to day and what you can control is your focus and your mindset and what you're focusing on you know i've been a long time subscriber that what you focus on is what expands i'm like if you focus on the fear and you focus on the uncertainty and you're watching all the news articles and scaremongering of course you're going to be terrified i'm like everybody will be but maybe consume things that are going to be a little bit more positive, listening to podcasts like this, you know, listening to following people on social media who are lifting your day, focusing on your body compositional goals or your business goals right now. Like there's opportunity. Like I've always, I love the, you know, the Chinese word for crisis is split into problems and opportunity. Like I think that's a really a useful way to look at things because we know what the problems are we know what the issues are we know what the downsides are but where's the opportunity like maybe it's the time to move online so that your business can thrive in a different environment and reduce your overheads maybe it's time that you focus on your body composition and finally lose that weight or focus on that hypertrophy program to build the muscle you wanted because you want to do a photo shoot next year you want to do a step on stage maybe next year it, it's giving you that opportunity now but you have to choose to see that and you have to choose to rewire and focus your mindset on that otherwise you're going to go into the default uncertainty and fear and that's a very hard spiral to come out of for anyone who's struggling to get that first stage and i think the same with everything like mindset as well as physical fitness the first step is the hardest do you have anything you recommend to people in terms of that, that first thing to do in terms of like rewiring their mindset like plug through a book i do but it, it, the thing is it's so context dependent on the person but the overall philosophy that i apply is i tell people it's, it's so much harder to go from zero to one than it is to go from one to ten and that means like the start of any journey is always the hardest part the start of a new diet start of a new training program start of a new business start of a new anything relationship it's always the most difficult in the beginning but then you get a little bit of momentum as you go along and what i like to tell people and it's not necessarily a one size fits all but it's a pretty good best practice for people is that the, the ready fire aim approach i'm like just get moving and course correct as you go like the analogy i use for this or the example i use for this and you'll be familiar with this charlie i know we work with slightly different demographics in terms of the majority of people we work with but i will have people who are waiting for all the lights to go green 
before they start. It's like, well, I need my calories calculated and I need my macro split and I need my food choices and I need my training program specifically. It's like, do I do high intensity cardio, low intensity cardio? I'm like, just fucking do something. I'm like in course correct as you go along. Like, you know, and that's for people I work with and people I don't work with. I'm like, let's get moving. Let's like, a training program is better than no training program. You know, having an idea of your calorie intake is better than having no in- idea of your calorie intake. And then as you go, you can test things and get moving with it because you're starting to build a little bit of momentum. Like what can happen is we can completely mind fuck ourselves at the beginning because it's so daunting. You know, the analysis, paralysis by analysis, you're overthinking everything the situation your diet your training your you know the job finally leaving your job to start your own thing you know something we both have experience with you know relationships you know i have my little girl my daughter like those things are so scary in the beginning and once you get moving through it and start course correct as you go like that's the real secret and whatever you have to do to get started I'm like, if it's listening to a podcast to go get motivated or if it's signing up to a course or a program to kind of get your ass in gear, I'm like, go do that. Like, just get yourself from zero to one because going from one to 10 is considerably easier once you have a little bit of momentum. Um, What are your thoughts on that, Cherry? You literally took the word out of my mouth. I was about to say momentum. It's that thing that success breeds success and it's just all about, like, taking action. And that's the reality that I get frustrated with with a lot of people. Like, for example, I had someone who... And it's not about having like imperfect action is perfect so like don't like people worry about oh i'm too busy i can't do xyz or there's there's like uncertainty in the world so i'm just gonna not gonna do anything and that's like the very mundane mindset of the people who aren't actually ever probably gonna achieve the goals they want and that's a sad reality when they can achieve all these things they want to do i had a girl yesterday who inquired in terms of a training program um in regards to shredding an eight and i, I was like uh, he was like oh when can i start i was like oh you can start like whatever you want next like a few days whenever and he said oh i want to wait till january so i was like okay so it's like why do you want to wait till january you're going to go to the gym for the next like two and a half months and he's like yeah i'm like okay so you're gonna be eating food for the next two and a half months so he's like yeah and i was like okay so why are you waiting till january he's like oh i've got a lot on i've got all this other stuff and i was like so you're doing all these things anyway so why would you not do it in a more organized structured fashion where you actually know you're going to get results and that for me is, again, like someone where they're rationalizing their own defeatist mindset to themselves and where they actually need to focus more on actually being like in perfect action rather than focusing on perfection. The biggest mistake I see from so many people, which is why they get frustrated, is they start, they start, I don't know, they start a business and they think everything's going to be perfect from the outgoing. And like Brian, you will know as well as I do that like everything goes wrong all the time. It's completely out of your control and things get delayed. Technology breaks me and Brian did a podcast for like 45 minutes. And oh, I remember. Podcast. Like, <laughs> like stuff like this just happens and that's life. And it's like, the more you get experienced in life, the more hardened you get to these things and you just brush them off. But the reality is you actually need to put yourself through the process and through the mill a little bit and do these things and take action and start. And that's why, like for most people, I just say, look, just start doing something. If you're looking to lose weight, like, commit to something so commit to going for a half an hour walk every day like every single person can do like providing a fit and well can do that like start with that and scale upwards and then we start to see success with that and you make that habit then you can okay let's try and add maybe two gym sessions a week and like we just like add layers on top of that 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 for me is a really good way for most people to try and if they're not like willing to take massive action then take a small bit of action and then just try and compound on it and don't worry about perfection do you see a lot of people getting scared of starting doing things from like having too much of a perfectionist approach yeah well the thing is it's a little bit of a two-sided coin because you do have a little bit of that if you're coming we're very similar me and you charlie in terms of we're both very kind of type a and i know a lot of people listening are like that some people aren't where we kind of can get moving we're quite high achievers in the sense that you can become quite tunnel vision which is again is, is a good and a bad thing it's really good for actually hitting in goals a little bit not so good for high anxiety levels etc but when it comes to people working on that perfectionism i find that people who are kind of type a's that what's that's the thing that tends to stop them but other people as you said rationalize it and they're waiting for everything to be kind of set up and perfect before they get moving and the reality is it's just it's so much harder to get started that if you can just as you said start with a 30 minute walk and build on that like the biggest mistake i see and this happens in new year like i call it kind of the new year fallacy like the 
the everyone tries to make too many changes at once and that's a massive recipe for failure like if you're trying to if you're going from right i've never worked out i've never counted a calorie to working out seven days a week multiple hours a day counting every gram of food you're eating i'm like there's no way you're going to be able to sustain that over the long run nobody is like it's too many changes at once whereas the small things like going for a 30-minute walk and then maybe being a bit more mindful to what food choices you're eating at lunchtime and then a week later maybe being a bit more mindful to what you're eating for breakfast and then maybe the week later you decide to go to the gym and do a little bit of a resistance workout and you're slowly building things on and adding things on, that's going to set you up for the long term because you're not getting this earth-shattering change all at once which is very difficult to stick to for anybody. And I think, as you said, just starting small and realizing that those small things add up to big things. You know, tell me how you handle the small things. I'll tell you what you'll be like with the big things. Like focusing on what can I do today? The acronym I like is WIN, you know, the acronym what's important now. I'm like, what can you do today? What's important now that's going to help you hit your end goal? Is it getting your meals dialed in? Is it going to the gym? Is it getting that walk in? Is it writing that blog post for social media if it's business related? Is it that dinner or date or conversation or quality time with a loved one? What's the end goal? And then focus on the acronym WIN. What's important now? What can you do today that's potentially going to help you with that end goal? And then you just do that consistently. You do that 365 days out of the year or even you know 80% of that time you're going to be considerably closer to your end goal than if you hadn't done it at all. 100%, I agree with that massively. And talks of like how people slip up when they first start. They, they say people go day one, they, they manage to go for a walk. And then do you think there's certain triggers that pull people back to day zero again, to step zero? Is there any of the things you see with that? It's an interesting one. We talked about this, and I think this podcast has gone out before the one we did for my one. Um, and you talked about the... Um, uh, you know the diet triggers the zones about in the evening the different things to look out for so the um, i can't remember the words you use the, the, the evening danger zone that, that the, was uh, it the evening danger eating, zone that that's yeah, it that's food. yeah that's 6 to 8 p.m where you're just sitting munching on crap food um but i think of it a little bit like that that it's it's very easy for people to fall off track and i think being okay with that is also not a bad thing like the danger is in the dose really like if you plan to go for a walk every single day for 365 days and you don't do it for 40 of those days you still done it for quite a large chunk of the year it's what happens when people miss one or two days and they kill the momentum and then they just what i call press the fuck it button where they go fuck it i didn't you know eat well yesterday i'm not going to bother eating well today it happens at the weekend you know me and you've talked about this a lot charlie where people will get to the weekend and they press the fuck it button and that saturday meal that didn't go well rolls into the whole day on saturday and then it rolls into sunday and then it's like okay i'll start back on monday it's like no you could just reset after that meal or reset after that day and you go again i think it's not about beating yourself up when you fall off track because things will happen people get sick you have work commitments family commitments like there's times when you can't prioritize your gym session there's times when you won't even be able to prioritize your walk you're going to have other commitments it's just don't let one day become two don't let two become three don't let five days become a week don't let a week become a month i think that's the secret and when you're able to just do that reset and have that reset philosophy that can go a long way towards getting you back on track when you do slip up fall off track or aren't able to commit to it for whatever given reason 100 percent, i agree with that massively and i think it's one of those things i've spoken about before is that we were all going to fail eventually at some point like the greatest athletes in the world fail but like the difference is like champions don't fail two days in a row so like you might like oh you might fail today you don't get up to do your workout cool that's fine like wipe the slate clean and start fresh tomorrow just don't let like losses compound and then like almost have a momentum effect negatively where you're having like bad day after bad day after bad day like that's consciously like within your control to change. Um, and I know this is, I think it's something we spoke about before. Like I, I'm a big believer in like the law of attraction with stuff and like you create your own luck in life. So if, if you think you're not actually achieving what you want in life in terms of, I don't know, say so it's financially. I actually read a, a stat the other day that if you work an extra hour and 40 minutes longer a day, you will, your income increases 47%, which is like mind boggling. And it's not a linear like increase. So like for people who struggle to get up in the morning, say you run your own business, 
if you get up like statistically this is correct if you go up an hour and 47 minutes an hour and a half roughly earlier your income will increase 47 percent because you're that much more productive by having that time to work so like ultimately you being lazy like inherently now and having short-term reward in terms of like nice cozy pillow whether you're just not doing your training not getting up to do your work is it inherently holding you back from leading the life you want to have in the long run so like for example i think about a lot okay where do i want to be at 35 which is scarily not that far away um where do i want to be at 40 and like that's very much what thinks i think in my mind and like i'll be honest i was probably a bit slack like last week and the week before of getting up and i'd probably put up my foot for the gas a bit and was a bit like I was having a bit of one of those runs and like that's normal and that's why I want to say that I had that because everyone has times like that where um not with training and stuff like that but with work I was a bit like oh I've got all this stuff to do but I, I can't really be I can't really motivate myself to get up super early and do it because it's super dark in the morning and again that's this is me saying what I was saying earlier rationalizing to myself is like oh it's dark I'll just work a bit later in the day like the reality is like human nature is we'll find excuses to do the things we don't want to do that are inherently good for us um, do you have anything you do almost like managing your own mind, Brian, to sort of like counteract that sort of rationalizing process? Yeah, like I work towards what I always call like my target self. So very similar to what you said about the 35 and 40. I know we're very similar in age. And but I always work to like my target self. I ask, well, what would my target self do? And then I try and make the decisions as that person. So one of my mentors used to always tell me, Charlie, that successful people do what they have to do, whether they feel like it or not. And one of the things I've tried to condition myself over the years is I don't make decisions based on how I feel. I make decisions on based on what I need to do. And ultra marathons and ultra endurance has taught me a lot about that. Bodybuilding taught me a lot about that too when I was competing because, you know, nobody wants to eat fucking chicken, broccoli and rice for six meals a day. But when your goal is bigger and you're clear on why you're doing it, it makes it considerably easier to stick to. Um, but then when I switched into the world of ultra endurance, running, you know, multi-day ultras, 100 mile ultras, Ironman triathlon, things like that, I had to completely shift my mindset into, right, these are the things I want to achieve in fitness. These are the things I want to achieve in business. These are the things I want to achieve in my relationships, my family, romantic, etc. And I wouldn't let the emotions dictate what I did. And that, that came from being a very emotional person, someone that wasn't very good, that, that would, I wouldn't say fly off the handle, but I definitely made rash decisions that were very difficult to come back to. And I used to always make them out of emotion. Somebody would trigger me, somebody would set me off. Um, and then you were, you know, the analogy I used to always think of, uh, particularly in relationships, I know you know this with your missus, but some of my family and even romantic relationships, like it's like breaking a glass. I'm like, you can throw a glass on the ground and it's broken and you can say sorry all you want, but it doesn't put it back together. And I made a lot of bad decisions through emotionally reacting to situations and then trying to get myself out of it or trying to fix a problem that I caused and didn't need to create if I had just been a little bit more rational on the front end. So getting in control of that emotion and initially doing that, for me, it was learning to bite my tongue when somebody was saying something that I didn't agree with that was around me. Um, I had opinions about everything. I've got considerably less opinions about things now because I'm like, you know, the, the more you know, the less you fucking know. And you're like, mm, yeah, so you, you know, podcasts are great for that. Books are great for that. You're constantly being questioned with your own best loved ideas. And you're like, oh, fuck actually maybe this isn't true i'm like this thing that i held and this belief system i had i'm like here's this person that's sh shattering that with either evidence or statistics or you know experience that they had and what that did for me was it kind of removed me from the emotional side of things and when you're setting goals for yourself you realize that you don't make the goal you don't make the decision based out of an emotional state like it's very comfortable and easy to curl up to bed and not get up at 5 a.m or 6 a.m when the alarm goes off it's very easy to snug up on the couch in autumn or winter when it's cold outside and not go for that walk like that's letting your emotions dictate what you do versus you know i want to be leaner or i want to be thinner or i want to be slimmer or i want to earn more money or i want to start my own business whatever your goal is i want to thrive in a relationship a better um sense of fulfillment whatever it is that you're looking to do you're clear and you get clear on that end goal because you have to do that in the front end. You have to, you can't hit a target you can't see. So you have to get clear on, you know, what does success look like for me? You know, what does it look like in my health? What does it look like in my wealth? What does it look like in my love life, my family, inner circle? What does it look like in my fulfillment levels? Once you're clear on the target, 
then that's what you're targeting for. You're working towards your target self and then you make those decisions or you condition yourself or build a habit and the behaviors that allow you to make those decisions as the person that you want to become versus the person you are or the emotional state that you're in. I think the better you get at that, the more successful you'll be in anything that you do. Mate, I couldn't agree anymore with that. That was um, some very, very wise advice. Something I'm very, very interested in, Brian, because I know you're a highly successful man with a wonderful mindset, not to boost your ego too much. Um, you're, you're a big advocate as well of getting up early in the morning. What does your routine look like out of interest? So like, what time do you get up? What do you do first thing in the morning? Very, very curious to see if there's some snippets and like useful tactical information to help people be more productive, successful, and maybe add more structure into their life. So I'm a massive fan of morning routines and I've been experimenting with morning routines for probably about three or four years. So it does change, um, but I can tell you what I'm doing now. I'm a big advocate of getting up early, partly because I'm not a morning person by nature. Like I'm a night owl by nature. So I get up at, you know, we talked about this last week when we were chatting on Instagram. I get up at 4 a.m. on Mondays just because I do my long workouts on Mondays and I get up at 5 a.m. the rest of the week. And I, I would go to bed closer to that time. Like when I was in university, when I was in college, you know, I'd go to bed at 2, 3 a.m. That's, that's kind of my default. If you just left me to my own devices, you know, I don't do mornings. I'm not a morning person. But what mornings do and getting up early does is what I call kind of anchors of self-discipline. So when I talk about conditioning yourself to do things that you know you should do because your life would be better as a result, even though you don't really feel like doing them, i.e. letting your emotional state dictate what you do versus what you really should be doing, I use what I call like my anchors of self-discipline. So that's conditioning yourself to do things you don't want to do. And one of mine every day is getting up early. I'm like, there's never been a time when I've hit the alarm at 5 a.m. and I wanted to jump out of bed. I'm like, it just hasn't happened. Like some people are morning people. I have a couple of best friends who are like up before the sun every day and they don't need an alarm to wake up. I'm like, I'm not that person. I like, I'm not waking up if you don't set the alarm. I'm like, there's no chance of it. Um, and running is another thing I talk about. You know, as someone that runs 100 mile ultramarathon, I fucking hate running like I just don't enjoy it like it's, it's just oh it's just I just it it's boring it hurts it's it's humbling like because it never really gets any easier um but like similar to you Charlie like I'm nowhere near as big or as muscular as Charlie but I'm 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 quite a muscular guy in the sense that I'm five foot eight I'm 85 kilos I still have my bodybuilding frame from when I used to compete so I'm not really built like a runner so it's a lot of poundage on my body and but I don't enjoy it but because I do it every day and because I run and get up early that's two anchors of self-discipline that conditions me to do two things that I know will make my life considerably better even though I don't feel like doing it and that's all you're doing you're reinforcing that more often than not you know over the lockdown then there's times I'll take a break from running and I'll do other things and even I didn't when we were speaking in the podcast at the start of COVID I stopped getting up at 5 a.m. Like I, I was getting up at 7 or 8 or getting up whenever my body was telling me. I used it. I was like, all right, this is a time now that I can repair. I never give my body an extended break. I'm like, this is an opportunity now to give myself an extended break. I have no races. I have no events. So what my morning routine looks like at the minute is I get up at 5 a.m. Um, and I drive to the gym. So I'm kind of one of the really lucky ones. I've got everything I need in my house for a gym. But I like the kind of Pavlovian switch of walking into a different environment, different space, um, and just kind of switching into gym mode. But I'll drive to the gym, it takes me about 50 minutes. I listen to a podcast, normally always a business podcast, so something that will arm me for my day that will kind of set my mind up on you know, social media or marketing or advertising or whatever it is. Then I'll work out for a couple of hours. And then I drive home, which is another 50 minutes. I'll have my post-workout meal. Um, and I'm always listening to an audio book then. So that drive home. Is that 50, 5 zero? Five zero. yeah, yeah. So I do that. And that's an intentional drive. Like one of the things that surprises people when I tell them that is they're like, fucking hell, how do you do that every day? I'm like, it's, it's an, it, I'm not, it's not by because I have to. I like, I work from home. I have an online business. I love that disconnect. I love driving. You know, it's that kind of time that just switches my brain off and allows me to kind of consume things that I wouldn't consume otherwise. So it gets me an hour of a podcast nearly every day. It gets me nearly an hour of an audiobook every day, which means I get through, you know, one or two audiobooks a week based on the length of the audiobook. You're getting through quite a lot of them and it serves me. It works really, really well. So that's why I do it. Like there's a big difference between driving 50 minutes commute and being stuck in traffic and having to go to a job you hate like I've been there as well like that's a totally different fucking story to 
I'm doing this because I want to do it. It supports me. Um, and that's what my morning looks like. Then I come home and I always do my creative tasks. So, you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., I'm either writing, if I'm writing a book or doing a solo podcast or recording something that's kind of creative based. Um, and then after that, I do a little bit of reactive work, emails or messages um, and any other kind of stuff that I need to kind of get done for the day. And then I normally spend my kind of evenings and afternoons just to kind of expand even from the morning um, with kind of family, my people that are closest to me, my inner circle, you know, my missus, my mom, my daughter, um, people that are closest to me. So that's kind of a brief outline of my morning, even into the evening. Um, so I'm not sure if that helps, but that's what it looks like at the minute. That's incredibly insightful. It's, it's fascinating how similar our brains are on our personalities because my drive to the gym is probably like 30 minutes. And that's probably like my favorite part of the day of like, I just, just put on a podcast and I just don't really, I don't think about anything. Cause I know you're the same as me in terms of personality. Like I, I struggle at home. I, I desperately try to make myself read, but I find it very difficult to sit down and read anything. And I don't necessarily like, I can't listen to podcasts whilst I'm doing other work and absorb information very well. So like, it's really, really interesting to hear how similar you are to me in that respect. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like, um, I think it's why we get on so well, because we have such a, we're very similar in ways and I know we come at things from different angles because of even our kind of sport and fitness background um but it's so true but again success leaves clues and it's not to to say everybody listen this is what you should do or you know follow exactly what I do or exactly what Charlie does but like success does leave clues like I'm a big believer that you should listen to the people who you would trade positions with. I, and funnily, that you should be very guarded against listening to advice from people who you wouldn't switch positions with. But if you're in a position listening to this podcast where you would switch with Charlie, I'm like, yeah, watch what he's doing. I'm like, watch what you're doing with your training. Watch what you're doing with your business. Watch what you're doing with your life in general. And then copy that. Like, you can model that and kind of put your own spin in it. And then I think that's the secret. Like, you don't have to learn anything new. You can cut your learning curve from learning from other people. Um, so I just wanted to kind of add that as well I think it's useful just for people listening because a lot of them will be looking up to you, Charlie, what you're doing. And it's like, just copy what you do and you will get similar, if not identical results, you'll get pretty similar results. One of the big things I'm a big advocate and like it goes along with what you were saying there is just being very efficient with my time. So like the, the biggest, the way I look at life is it's a game of skill acquisition. And like we're constantly like the fastest way for you to get from where you are now to where you want to go. And, like, and the gap, that gap is knowledge and the fastest way to actually get there is to either invest in someone to show you or learn it yourself. And like generally it's faster to pay someone to teach you. Um, but that that's really the key. And that's where for me, like things like the same as you, you do, exactly the same as you do, like listening to educational content consistently and listening to people that I aspire to be like, and I looked up to be like, I, I, I mirror them in terms of how they behave, how they set up their routines. Like I actually went through an activity the other day of, I um, created an actual Google calendar to try and keep myself strict to it of like, say from I don't know, six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, I do like deep intense work from seven to eight, for example, I do cardio from like eight to eight thirty, then I do like self care, whatever, having breakfast, getting dressed. And then I have another block of work and then I go and train and like setting up a real structured day because the reality is like the more structure you have, the less anxiety you have in your life. And I know you've probably had a similar thing. I found probably very much the last 18 months the busier i get having more plates spinning and more things coming at me almost like anxiety and overwhelm started to really creep into my life a little bit and i felt like a bit like a freight train it was going a million miles an hour but it felt very like it was going to derail any second and the, the best way for me to like rein that get in back in and get that train back on the rails permanently was having more structure and people think that structure is like a prison but the reality is actually you having more structure like you do with the way obviously you explain your day like structure actually creates freedom. Um, I'm not sure if that's something you found, Brian. Oh, 100%. Like one of the lines I use in my podcast all the time is like, tell me what you do every day and I'll tell you where you'll be in a year. I'm like, that's that comes down to your structure. And once you're it's it's a weird one like you know it's it's the structure discipline equals freedom philosophy which i couldn't believe more in i think it's such a when you're clear on what it is you're looking to get in whatever areas like i mentioned earlier health wealth love and fulfillment they're the four quadrants that i break my life into just because 
as someone that can have a tendency to be quite imbalanced um for me i know it's we're similar in certain areas like i can get very obsessed on a task so fitness related i can go to the gym multiple hours a day and put everything else in my life on hold when i was doing it with business when i started to kind of do really well in business online particularly 2015 2016 i was putting all the other areas of my life on hold i'm like no 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 i'm all about business now i'm making money not realizing that a lot of these things can run in parallel but you do have to be clear on what success looks like in each of those quadrants, you know, what it looks like for you. And then it's just building the structure. And the, whether you do it consciously or subconsciously, I found that once I got clear on what my values were, so and learning to say no to the things that didn't move my life forward in a positive way. Like one of the best, you talked about skill acquisition there, like one of the best skills that I've ever acquired is learning to say no. And like, you know, my team that I work with, they joke that I'm the king of saying no because I say no to nearly fucking everything. Like podcast interviews, speaking engagements, events, I say no to nearly everything that comes my way. And that's not because you're not, happy that people are asking i'm delighted i'm like i'm really i always tell people look i'm really sorry i can't i'm over committed to things but thanks for thinking of me first it's just because i'm very clear on what i should be saying yes to like there's an opportunity cost to every time you say no to something or every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else and another thing one of my mentors used to always tell me was when you stop chasing the wrong things you give the right things an opportunity to catch up and that made me, I remember the first time she told me that, I remember thinking, fuck, I'm saying yes to way too many things. I'm like, it's coming at the expense of, you know, the relationships I am trying to build. It's coming at the expense of the content I am trying to create. It's coming at the expense of, you know, my own self-care and my own training or looking after myself so that my anxiety or overwhelm doesn't run rampant. You know, something we both connected with on previous podcasts, we talked about this, like the anxiety, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Like until you learn to control it, that gorilla is going to just fucking start pounding the whole time until you build systems that allow you, such as the structures that you mentioned, Charlie, that allow you to kind of get that under control. Um, But I think whether you do it consciously or subconsciously, once you're clear on what you value and once you're clear on what success looks like to you, whether you sit down with a Google Calendar and map out your day or whether it just ends up happening, it's very much dependent on the person and kind of self-awareness on what's going to work best for you as an individual. But that's what's going to happen. But you got to get clear first because if you don't know it's the, you know, I love the Public Enemy song. It's like if you don't, uh, if you don't, fall, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And it's that's exactly how your values will be, and that's exactly how your day will be. Like if you don't structure it, or you don't, or you're not clear on what it is that you want to get out of your day, you're not clear on what it is you want to get out of your fitness, out of your relationships, out of your job, out of your fulfillment levels. If you're not clear on that, it's too easy to just fall for anything and say yes to everything or say no to the things that aren't potentially going to help you in any way. So I think getting clear on the front end is key. And then if you set up the structures like you said, or you let it just happen, I've found success with both people, types of people and everyone in between those two ends of the spectrum but it's all starts with getting clear on what your values are what success looks like for you because without that it's just random like you wouldn't go into the gym and just randomly lift weights you wouldn't just randomly buy food in the supermarket random training and random nutrition equals random results and that's the exact same thing but what any area of your life i think just bringing a little bit of awareness to that can be really helpful for people yeah i couldn't agree with that more to be honest with you i think it's one of those things that you actually, I think the older you get, the, the more you realize sometimes that you need to be so protective of your time because it's the most valuable asset you have that you'll never get back. And like the reality is that I'm sure you've done the same thing. Like you've said yes to doing something and you're like, this, that respectfully is a waste of time. And it's taking time away from not necessarily work, but like you spending time with loved ones, like your daughter, like your, your other half. And that's where you have to be very prote- protective and selective. And like the way I look at things and even tasks that I do, I'm like, is this going to be a needle mover in my life? Is it going to help me with my goals in terms of my fitness aspirations? Is it going to help me with my family and my, my loved ones? Is it going to help me with my business? Like, is this actually going to move things forwards or is this just going to be like spinning the wheels and I'm just going for a coffee with someone to catch up with who I'm not going to really speak to anyway. So like you have to be quite harsh and clinical, I think with who you associate with and sometimes are very protective, but then that actually means that you have a better life, a happier life because you almost have more time in your life to spend with the people who really, really are important to you. And I know that's something you do phenomenally well, Brian. Yeah, and it's, and to be honest, the only reason I do it well, Charlie, and I will admit that I do it well now, was because I was someone that didn't do it well in the past. Um, like I always think of my mindset and my relationships with people like 
the overweight person who's in great shape now. I'm like, the only reason I'm good at it now is because I was such a fuck up in it for so long. And, you know, sometimes you need to be at the bottom and at least you can kind of see up, you can get up that old, you know, African proverb. But it was only because I was so bad at it and so poor at it. I never thought about it. It was, you know, life on autopilot. I just wasn't ever thinking about it. And then I'm like, well, why are my relationships shit? I'm like, why do the people closest to me, you know, why, why do I have crap relationships with them? Or, you know, when I was making the jump into my business first i'm like why am i making as much money as i should be like again it's not the end of everything but like finance is something that i struggle with and it's thankfully something that i don't struggle with now and um, but they all came through just being absolutely shit at them and having to ask better questions like it's not the answers you know i love the the quote that you know smart people have great answers and geniuses have great questions i'm like you're bringing back and asking the question but why Am I feeling unfulfilled here? Why are my relationships poor? And the only reason that they're good now, and I wouldn't change anything. I, I've, I love what I do. The people I have, I have a very small network of people, five, six people that I spend time with who are in my inner circle. I have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people outside of that, but only five or six who I spend a massive amount of time with and who I will drop anything if they need me. And I know they're the same for me, but they're the relationships I cultivate. But that came off the back of not being good with this. You know, it's, as I said, the overweight person that's now in shape, they have a reference point for when they weren't in shape and they remember what it was like to never make a conscious choice around food and they remember what it was like to not move and have an exercise program that helped them and now they're in great shape, but they remember what it was like and they could go back. So they're on constant guard to not let that happen um, and to be completely honest, just so I don't sound like someone that has all the answers figured out because I definitely don't. It was because I was so poor at that and learning from those mistakes and asking better questions that allowed me to kind of get out the other side of it. 100%. I think one of the best things about what you've said here very much aligns with the theme of this podcast is about like being successful with your fitness, your business, whatever it is in challenging times, like the situation globally at the moment with a coronavirus fast, like you've learned these things from making mistakes and going wrong, going through challenging times. And like the reality is like, that's what's actually going to make you level up and progress is you actually suffering a little bit and things being a little bit difficult for you. And like, yeah, it's going to be shit now and it's going to be stressful and things are, aren't going to be as easy as they could be. But if you succeed now, which you can do, and that's within your conscious control, then there's no reason why that when things go a bit more normal, the world will be way easier. And like I've spoken about this a few times, like one of the best, best gifts I'm sure you had same from competing was that, like when you get used to functioning when your body's wrecked and you're so tired and you, you haven't got any food, you're not really eating much and you're training loads, your body just wants to like sleep. When you get used to like staying in that zone for a while, normal life becomes easy. And this is very much the same situation. Like everything is not particularly straightforward at the moment. And as Brian said, like the reality in terms of you like learning you're going to learn from mistakes and you're going to learn from hard times and use this like time now as an opportunity to still make progress but also to learn and create confidence in yourself that you can overcome adversity no matter what but that's only down to your own conscious choice to actually do that and take action which is where most people fail at the first hurdle and end up with the the netflix is what probably why netflix share price is skyrocketing the last few months so <laughs> oh, i can't talk i've got the subscription as well um yeah, okay. yeah i'm all over I, it i've been watching it before uh lockdown so i'm guilty yeah yeah true to be fair we're both in that bracket um but like what you said there charlie like you learn fuck all from success like you know it, it's such a, a cliche but it's true that failure is your best teacher like all the biggest mistakes i've ever made in my life and god knows i've made a lot of them They've all given me the best learning experiences, not at the time. You know, we spoke at the end of my podcast, you know, that I, I live by the philosophy that the universe always gives me what I need, even if it's not what I want. And whether that's true or not, I have nothing to back that up, except that it's a belief system that serves me and kind of keeps my mindset strong. But you learn nothing from success. I've never all the really good things. And it's weird because we glorify success online is really bad for this you know um, and I'm very fortunate you know the, the living that I make best-selling author of books the podcast that does so well um, multiple runs through the Arctic and the Sahara and different events like all of those things that are determined success but it's all the failures that are, that taught me the most like going broke three times is what makes me a successful business person because I know that well one I never want to go back there digging through the back of my couch for money for the bus I'm like I never want to go back to that point so you have that as a reference point 
and then you are consciously making decisions to not fuck up again or you're being a little bit more conscious of what mistakes you are making that led to that point you know the same as relationships like the the worst relationship i was ever in the most toxic relationship i was ever in was the one that taught me the most taught me about who i didn't want to be with taught me who i didn't want to become when i was around the wrong people i learned more, more about people from that relationship about myself than i have in any other time spent with people because I'm like I didn't like who I became in that relationship I was codependent I was angry and I'm like these are traits that I'm not really familiar with and that showed me the power of having either a negative person or you know not necessarily a negative person but a a clash you know a, a south pole north pole where you're just constantly clashing and it made me question my inner circle the people that I was around I had some really unsupportive friends at the time who would constantly question the decisions I was making I'm like all right fuck these people I'm out of here I'm like I'm cutting these friendships like when I would tell them that I wanted to do this with the business or I would tell them that I wanted to step on stage in bodybuilding they're like what the fuck are you doing that for and they would be really unsupportive and really backhanded or passively aggressive about it so I was like all right cool they're not the people I want in my life I'm like that's that's fine but you learn from that they're really uncomfortable when you're cutting friends or you're in toxic relationships or you go fucking broke or you get massively overweight because you haven't followed a program or a plan like whatever the the failure is that's what you're going to learn from because the success will teach you nothing success looks great from the outside and it gives you a pat on the back and it's brilliant for your ego and all that those things but it doesn't fucking teach you anything it's the failures and when you can rewire your relationship with failure and realize that it's feedback and that all the bad things are the seeds of failure are planting trees of future success and when you can see things like that you have a completely different relationship with it. And then you're able to open up and learn from it. And then you don't see failure as a bad thing. You just see it as part of the process. I couldn't agree with that anymore. And interestingly, I had exactly the same experience when, well, with everything that I do from whether it was first getting into fitness and competing and then starting your own business. And like you have a lot of people who must talk behind your back and will be negative about you. Um, but the reality is it's because you're making them feel guilty and insecure about themselves because they don't have the courage to go and like take that first step and go to level one to actually go and take action and like lead the life you want to live. And that's why I see so much, like you see a lot of time in relationships where say, for example, a guy will start losing loads of weight, get really like good shape and his other half will start to try and jeopardize him because he's almost casting a shadow over her and then making her feel insecure. And you tend to get that around friendship groups as well, where if, if someone starts to do well, that other people can sometimes almost try and rein them back in and then like, by saying, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You, you work too hard. You work too much. Um, and it's basically their own insecurities coming out because they can't do what you can do. So the big thing I say to everyone is just like, it's a bit of a corny saying, but it's like ignore the naysayers. You, know, you have to go and like lead your own life. Because um, if I had listened to like all the advice from people, I don't know, was it two and a half, three years ago, I would have never done anything. Like people were saying to me, oh, why is Charlie posting on Instagram? Why is he doing all this? Why is he doing X, Y, Z? Like, I still be working as a state agent, sorry, rather than now I get to work for myself and help thousands of people over the world. Very similar story to you, Brian. So I think the moral of the story for that, for anyone to sum this up, this podcast is like ultimately take action. Don't really care what anyone else thinks and just be prepared that like you will fail and you will have things that go wrong, but that's all part and parcel to help you level up and you improve to become the person you want to be and lead the life you want to live. Um, is there anything you add into that, Brian? Yeah, you said something really interesting there, Charlie. I have two kind of philosophies when it comes to friends. One is I think you should always be excited to see your friends. I think that's a that's a good metric for how strong a personal relationship is with somebody because we all have those friends where it's like, oh, fuck, I got to meet them for coffee or I got to do that or the other. I'm like, mm, okay, there's a little bit of feedback there that you should probably check in with. But you said something there that really reminded me when you you can tell how strong a relationship is or a friendship is relationship as well if it's romantic but definitely a friendship by how someone reacts when you tell them about some success you've had and you can get a lot of feedback on that because your friend should want to see you succeed your friend should be happy when you share good news with them if your friend is trying to one-up you or your friend is trying to knock you down a peg when you've told them about something you're excited about and something that is really good that happened to you, you should really check in with that. Like that's 
I've had those friends in the past when I would be super excited about how I finished in a show or I'd be super excited about something that happened in business and I'd share it with them and they'd try and knock me down a peg or two. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I was only telling you about something I'm really excited about. Like, you can tell a lot, Charlie. I know you have this with your missus and your inner circle as well that who do you want to share your good news with? I'm like, you can tell who's important to you. Like, if you're trying to weed out the kind of acquaintances and the people that may not be the best for you or your inner circle in general like when good things happen who's the first person you want to tell like I've got a couple of my best mates my mom my sister I'm like when good things happen I'm like I want to call them and tell them but you can also get a lot of feedback by how they respond and the people that are in my inner circle now on both sides when they give me good news I'm delighted because I want nothing but amazing things for them and I see the exact same with them when I tell them or share good news with them and I think it's really it's an important one it's one that I wish I had known if I could go back to my 22 23 24 year old self I would have definitely checked in with these things because I never thought about it and I just had kind of friends by geography or friends by people that were around they were in the gym they were around me as opposed to what do I actually want out of friendship? What do I actually want out of my inner circle of people? What kind of relationships do I want to cultivate? And they're some of the things that I would have checked in with. So I'm not sure how useful that is. But just as you said it, it kind of triggered that in me. And I think it's something that I would have really enjoyed hearing or not enjoyed hearing. Something I would have found really useful hearing, you know, 10 years ago or so. It's one of those things that you have to be quite harsh. But I think a lot of people use other people to almost fill the empty time in their day, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's something you've almost come across and it's like, like don't mean to disrespect like i don't have empty time my day and like you will know as well as i do like there's always something that needs doing so like for me i prioritize spending fun time doing stuff i want with the people who i love and who are as you said like it's very interesting i've never thought about that like when you have awesome news who are the first five people you want to text like those are the people you want to spend your time with like your downtime with anyone else other than that then to be honest with you i wouldn't even bother it's not really even worth hanging around with them because they're they're not like part of your core inner being that's going to make you a happy human and like that you naturally like gravitate to and they're not going to lift you up to try and become the person you want to be and ultimately have a fulfilling life couldn't and agree more couldn't agree that, more i think that's so wonderfully said charlie yeah that's that'd be my final remark so we'll wrap the podcast up there so it's absolute pleasure as always brian to like tap into your amazing mind and the positive mindset you have to fill us in with some more details you have, including your incredible uh, TikTok to find out some more information about you, where's the best place people to find? find <laughs> well, my TikTok, incredible. You use that term very loosely. Um, it's, a, it's a very, uh, I, I am on TikTok and my TikTok's grown exponentially over the last couple of months because it's so fucking stupid. Um, it's it's the, just silly content. So you can check that out, Brian Keen Fitness. Um, but that's what my platforms are across everything, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, and the podcast, the Brian Keen Podcast. Um, but just Google that, bring it up it'll it'll bring up all my platforms um so anyone that wants to go check them out definitely go check them out hopefully it'll help awesome we'll pop in the show notes and also uh, myself and brian recorded a podcast recently together which was dope which will be coming out i believe it was in mid-november mid-november yeah next couple of weeks yes sir so very much look forward to that coming live and looking forward to your feedback from this if anyone needs any help with actually kicking their ass into gear and taking action for the rest of the year then if you hit the link below this podcast there'll be an option to book in a free six-batch strategy call with myself and the team and we've also got the world's number one eight-week transformation program shredden8.com which you can hit the link there to check that out so very much look forward to seeing hearing you guys in the next episode and thank you very much for your time today brian my pleasure charlie thanks so much again yeah.